Hey there, pending pals. It's your not host, Ronnie. Just dropping in here with a little disclaimer. Um, We recorded this episode before December 1st, 2020, which, if you don't know, is the day that Elliot Page came out as trans. Uh, That being the case, we did in this episode use um, Elliot's former name as well as used she, her pronouns. Um, If that is something that will make you uncomfortable, we totally understand. You can hop ahead to episode 117. I believe that is part four of our Gaycation series. Uh, And in that episode and the one after that, we use correct pronouns and Elliot's chosen name. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, maybe you're not trying hard enough. to Ending Pending. I'm your host. I'm Andy. I'm broadcasting live from the end of civilization, and I'm Evan. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'm just too sad to think of anything dis- interesting to say. And I'm Ronnie. Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. Today, we've thrown that out the fucking window like the U.S. should do to its constitution. Yeah. And we're covering... It's not good. It's not that good of a document. Stop jerking off with it. And we're covering a show that lasted two seasons. We're currently covering Vices slash Ellen Pages slash Ian Daniels Gaycation, and we watched the first two episodes, which are real bummers. But before we get into them... (laughs) On top of everything else that's happening. uh, But before we get into them... I thought we could do a bit. You know, we've never really done a bit on this show ever. No, no, I know I'm supposed no, spell, to provide spell bits, that for me. But spell that for me so I can like make it a bit. Oh, a, a a bit. A bit. We're doing a bit. What's that? I'm interested. It's, I'm I'm it's I'm hazardly curious. It's when Andy thinks of like a fun discussion topic to get mm. into before we do the actual podcast, mm. and it's supposed to make us seem kind of like relatable and um what's that thing where when you're a content creator and you have an imbalance of power to the relationship with your listeners parasocial relationships yeah it's it's us trying to create that (laughs) okay it's a real slice of life of our life that you get to look at but you don't actually get any of it it's not yours it's my life so i thought we'd do a bit and because everything sucks, mm-hmm. I we shouldn't thought, be this negative yet. Uh, the election is next week, so if, if you're listening, yeah. to, I mean, you could be listening to this on election day. Yeah, I guess that's possible. I, we can't control what, at when the you time. Hear at the time we're recording this, civilization has not crumbled yet. And by civiliz, that's very uh, like ethnocentric of me. By civilization, I mean the U.S. hasn't crumbled yet. So we're on our way there, though. Yeah. Um, but I thought we could do something a little positive, And I just want to hear one thing from your past week that made you feel happiness. From mm. Which is tough. I know. That's why this is like a real hard bit. Mm. Mm. 
I mean, I've got a child, and and they they made me pretty happy. They do fun that today today she she was trying to put on my shoes. She just <laughs> was st- she just brought her sh- my shoe over to me, and I said, "Oh, thank you for bringing my my shoe." And she looked at me, and said, "Mm-mm." Not not your shoe. And then tried to start putting on like holding on to the chair and like struggling to put on my shoe. Like, hang on, hang on. This is gonna this is gonna be like it was she was she was doing a bit, you know? Yeah. She was doing a little bit. Like, look wow. at me. Her comedic her comedic her comedic timing is is really developing well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And we work hard on that. We watch a lot of, you know, uh Leno. Uh, <laughs> love Seinfeld. Yeah, we, we got you. Got to get her into like the, you know. It's like when parents um make their kids play bad, shitty video games before they can play the good ones. Like their parent, they parents out there that like are like, this is a Super Nintendo. Now finish playing these games, and I'll introduce you to the N sixty four, and then I'll introduce you to better games. It's like that. We just introduce I, her to like I, old, Ronnie, bad, I cannot shitty relate comedy. to this in. In any way, I didn't have a video game for the first time until I was like 15 or 16. I have not thought about Jay Leno probably in four years since Trump became president because Jay Leno was one of the people that I most wanted to punch in the face. Mm. And, you know, that was how very 2014 of me. Right, yeah. Uh, Like, the list of people I want to punch in the face is so vast now i think and back then all... it was just like people that had punchable faces who you were like uh those people have not personally wronged me in any way he's a bit of a but jackass they're, they're they're annoying and i dislike them and gosh i would just like to really sock them in the nose and now it's like mm, i feel like given the opportunity i have to punch this person to preserve the war the the country just preserve the the right across our nation. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're getting away from happiness. Sure, uh, my daughter. Ronnie, tried that to was put a on, great answer, yeah, by the way. Try to put yeah. on her shoes. It was it was adorable. That's Sorry, I, like I that. mentioned Leno. No, no, that's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault that I used to hate Jay Leno. I and also I, like, did not, not even be bothered. Jay Leno was just my like go to bad comedy uh, <laughs> bit. Evan, what's something that made you happy this week? I can't remember anything from this week because I don't know what time is anymore. Um, oh boy. What did we do this weekend? What happened? What it... Hmm. We didn't play D&D. You saw Christine. I did see Christine. That's a good thing. Yeah, I saw my friend Christine. We, I, we went and walked around Manassas and she uh, got me some cool bowls. And we had lunch outdoors. That was very nice. That was that was a good thing. That was, that's a good example, Andy. Thank you for reminding me yeah. that I experience life in a linear fashion. I have I have two answers. Okay. The first answer is needs to be prefaced with some build up. I take Christmas extremely seriously. I fucking love Christmas so much. Like, all my Christmas shopping is not only already completely done, it's all wrapped. I started listening to Christmas music a week and a half ago. Like, Christmas is a big deal. 
we're doing a Secret Santa this year with a group of friends who we we regularly game with. And these 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 fucking idiots keep coming to me and asking me, "Hey Andy, who do you have for Secret Santa?" And I've been telling them each a different name. <laughs> and these 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 fools are telling each other who I have. And like the information is so confused now because these weasels, these weasels are trying to undermine Secret Santa and figure out who has them by doing the math. I hate it when people do that. Yeah, these these fucking goblins. So I have been like a Christmas elf, like protecting, (laughs) protecting Secret Santa. You've been Uh, protecting the sanctity of Secret Santa. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And, and I'm just watching the chaos now. Like it's, it's completely unraveling and I'm, I'm playing it slick. Like, mm-hmm. one of them just came to me and was like, who do you have? And I told them a different name. Well, first of all, they're like, I know who you have. You have so-and-so because they had talked to someone else. Someone else had said, Andy has this person. So I was like, no, 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 that's not who I have. I have this person. Who do you have? And they're like, I'm not telling you. And they were so proud that they had tricked me into revealing without then telling me. And I was like... I had to play it off like I was so mad and that they had they had gotten one over on me. But that fool, they have the wrong, they have multiple wrong names. <laughs> and they're going to spread those names to these other sinners who are breaking Secret Santa. <laughs> anyway, that's my first thing. Sure. Uh, it's been giving me a lot of entertainment and I am protecting Santa Claus. The, the s- Andy saves Christmas. Yeah, I'm, I'm like going to, I don't know... I was going to say something real mean about Kirk Cameron, but anyway, um, <laughs> fuck Kirk Cameron. Uh, <laughs> the second thing is that like a month ago at this point, I got real drunk, uh, cause quarantine and I impulse bought X-Men Legends one and two with the intention of playing these games with, uh, Evan and Kim. And it turns out they don't work on 360. So for a month, I have been waiting for Kim to visit their house in New Jersey to rescue an original Xbox and bring it home. And uh, we tested it today. The Xbox works. The games work. And I'm just really looking forward to playing some X-Men video games with my uh, little family. Hell yeah. You get to play with that big old chonky controller. Yeah, it is massive. That's the Duke, baby. All, all of them are sticky for some reason, too. I'm yeah. like, Kim, what the fuck? But yeah, just, I, they know. just came that way. They yeah. just came out of, at, for the original Xbox. When you're all gaming the and you got nothing sticky. going on but Doritos, Lemonheads, and some Mountain Dew Code Red, everything's going to get a little sticky. Mm, Pat- I love Lemonheads. Patrick Stewart mm. voices Xavier in those games, and it is easily the the best part. That's dope. That's dope. All right, let's uh, let's talk about um, vacation. Yeah, let's. So, this is not a narrative show. This is a documentary program. So, there's. Uh, I'm still going to give you summaries, but it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit of a different format as far as like how we discuss it. So, I was thinking maybe we do like uh, things that made you go, huh, and things that make you go. Uh, you don't read the Andy Pendy group chat 
I don't. And this is this is evident based on this. <laughs> um, in the group chat, Ronnie and I had discussed about how we should talk about things that like either brought you joy or like made you angry slash like sad. It's basically what um, you said, Evan. Yeah, but but. Andy, Andy, Andy just wanted to make it very clear that they. Yeah, thought Andy first. just wanted to call <laughs> just me wanted out. Wanted to dunk on you. Yeah, in spite of my having virtually. I, well, I was thinking uh, things that you thought were interesting or neat, not necessarily things that brought. There are a lot of things that I thought were interesting that didn't necessarily bring me joy. I guess. Um, That's but, true. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to have to tackle this differently in mm-hmm. our discussion bit because, um, you know, these are very raw looks at, like, real people's lives, and yeah. it, it's it's not really our place to say uh, what worked or didn't work. I guess we could do that in terms of a documentary, but all of it just kind of works in terms of a documentary. It's, yeah, it's really Ellen a documentary. Page is just an excellent person and clearly filmmaker and clearly host um so it's not it's not a concern about like yeah this documentary just didn't do a good job it's like no that's that's not what we're here to talk about um i will say definitely content warning up front for like trauma queer trauma uh in general discussion of homophobia discussion of harm to queer people um emotionally physically yeah yeah, all, so, all down the all down the list. I just wanted yeah. to to put that up front. Yeah. Um. So the premise of the show is that uh, Ellen Page and her bestie, who is a gay man, uh, Ian Daniel, go to a country and they learn about what it's like to be gay there through a series of interactions with people. Some of them are candid. Some of them are. Uh, like interviews, some of them are uh, like experiences that they have together that's unique to the the gay culture in that country. The first two episodes are Japan and Brazil. And in Japan, they did a mock uh, same-sex Zen Buddhist wedding. So, of course, they didn't actually get married and also they are a man and a woman, but they did the the ceremony so that they could learn about like Zen Buddhism's perspective on being gay. Um, they went to uh, Mandarake in, in Tokyo, which is like a manga store. And they learned about Yaoi and listened to some Yaoi audiobooks with some cishet women. Uh, they joined a young man, and his friend for hire, which is not a prostitute, we're going to have to explain this, as he came out to his mother, and they all, they went to, um, I think it was a street in Shibuya, and like, sort of explored Japan's, like, gay nightlife district. Uh, then in Brazil, they went to Carnival, which is the uh, big, is it, starts on, it starts uh, before Good Friday, right? Before That's Ash whole, Wednesday. It's, it's before the lead Ash up Wednesday. to Lent. Okay, so it's, they're, they're Mardi Gras, basically. Right. So they went to Carnival in Brazil. Uh, they 
visited a favela where they talked to an organizer of uh like an LGBT uh pride parade. They talked to uh Jair Bolsonaro, who was at the time a senator and is now the, the president of Brazil, unfortunately. Oh. And they also interviewed a man who remained anonymous who claims to have murdered a bunch of gay people. So that was their that was a whole experience they had in Brazil. So let's talk about this, I guess. Let's yeah. talk about all of these things. I mean, there's no there's no like preface here of like uh do these two episodes work for like that's that's not a thing. Um which I guess like gut not not necessarily overall reaction, but just like I don't even know what I want to ask here, but just like, I guess just let's give a collective sigh about the content that we consumed. Yeah, I found it to be um, a a very like roller coaster emotions situation where like there were so many moments that were like so hopeful and uplifting, but then so many moments that were just so crushing And so just, I mean, it's like, I think this is a very important show to watch. I think it's absolutely worth your time, but be emotionally prepared because you will be devastated. (laughs) So this is my third time watching the show all the way through. And the first time I ever watched it was the first night I believe I ever spent over at your place Evan I think I was there and I was feeling kind of emotional and you were like oh let's watch this show <laughs> we thought it was going to be a fun it's called gaycation no, so we I thought was it was going to be fun this to be a fun romp yeah um. and I mean at at the time I was in the closet we had been dating a couple months maybe uh, and I was a pastor at an evangelical church. Um, and so, like, this show hit real hard. And I don't think I can ever separate it from that first viewing experience. Like, this show still continues to hit me very hard. But there's a lot of sadness and anger and melancholy in it. But there's also a lot of hope and resilience in these stories. And like, like Evan texted me today and I was like, wow, way to pick the most depressing show. And like, I don't disagree with you, Evan, at all. Like it, it is a show that brings up a lot of hard emotions if you're a queer person, but, um, I don't think I can personally, I don't think I can label it as depressing. Um, cause it, it inspires me a lot. Uh, I find this show to be very inspirational. Well, there's also the aspect of it where it's just, it's reality. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I think I joked on Twitter not too long ago about like, but I think doom scrolling is good for me. Like personally for <laughs> me, I think it's actually good. So stop telling me to stop doing it. Cause I think for me, it's actually the best. And of course that's not true, but the way that I respond to the world around me is I just like kind of throw myself into what is true and what is real. And I can choose to turn that off 
and then that is a perfectly reasonable and valid response. Or I can choose to just throw myself into it. And for whatever the reason is, that is my my choice. I'm reading another book about labor in the United States right now. And it's like, boy, this is like rough. This hits way too close to home. But like, do I just shut my eyes to it and decide that it's not actually happening that way? I, I, I can't do that. And so watching this show, it's it's very it's very real. It is very raw and it is not I, it is not what I would call depressing by any means, but it certainly is a, a tough look at what is actually happening for actual people across the world. And, you know, it, it, I, what, what the show does is it, it it showcases the, you know, the cult parts of culture that truly celebrate um, LGBTQ people um and queer culture um and then just shows how that celebration is in spite of a lot of shit a lot of bad things happening around people um i i i you know we we always try and i i i think people like to end things on a happy note this show doesn't always choose to do that. And I don't think that's a knock against it. Like it smacks you right in the face with this is carnival. This is, this is a bar in Tokyo where people are able to dress to their gender expression and it's a wonderful celebration. And then, okay, well here's, here's like the real shit. Like here, here's what people are dealing with outside of those safe spaces. And it's, it leaves you reeling in like a very like I I I don't know in in a very honest way. I had another motive for wanting to do the show other than just that I think the show is phenomenal and at some point I wanted to do a two season show for Independy. We've covered shows with gay characters, but we've never covered like a gay show, and I think this could be a really good opportunity to talk about queer issues and you know. I'm sure we'll still be funny at times, and I'm sure, uh, you know, we can look at the show as a whole, but I'd, I'd like to also be able to talk about, you know, my own experiences as we talk about gaycation, and, you know, if either of you want to talk about your real-life experiences, I think that'd be good, um, but, yeah, I don't know, uh, I'm just excited to talk about this show. Yeah, for sure. Hey there, pending pals. It's your not host, Ronnie, just cutting in to do a little bit of an ad read for, you guessed it, our good friends, best friends, best friends, trans artists of the day. Today's episode of Ending Pending is brought to you by trans artists of the day. Listen, listen, are you listening? Listen, listen for real this time, because we got we got art you can listen to and we're all always looking for new art to enjoy and artists to support. And today we have the opportunity to talk about the ever incredible TVMA. TVMA is a musical artist. They create these beautifully wonderful tracks. There's so many awesome things on their Bandcamp. Follow them tvma.bandcamp.com, streaming on Spotify, all streaming sites. Follow them on Twitter. 
uh, I, I scrolled through and, and found some some uh, some jam sessions that they were doing. If I could explain, like, the style of music, it's just very spooky, synthy, floaty, almost like transcendent. I... I I myself am a bit of an amateur um digital music artist. I don't like play any instruments, but I can I can I can do my best with a with a with a garage band and it is it is so inspiring to see artists like this just crushing it. Um I want to play a little sample here. This is a uh, uh from TVMA's Bandcamp. This track is called Unavailable. So you can hear what I'm talking about. Just excellent vocals, excellent sense, excellent just composition. I I will be uh, putting this all on a playlist and uh, jamming to it pretty much nonstop. I really love uh, just art that can truly wrap around me. And for me, that is that is music. So I'm so happy that Trans Artists of the Day gave us the opportunity to talk about a musical artist today. Like I said, follow them on Twitter at TVMA Noise. Follow them on Bandcamp, TVMA.bandcamp.com. Um, like I said, streaming on Spotify, all those streaming sites. Check out these tracks. Check out this artist. Um, buy a bunch of their albums and their and their tracks and their singles. You will not be disappointed. You can find more artists like this that you can support. Go on trans artists on twitter that's at trans underscore artists that's plural artists with an s at the end um make sure that you uh follow retweet encourage leave a, a lovely note for these amazing artists um and remember stay kind to yourself and others about japan first because that one wasn't quite as um dark as brazil yeah brazil's pretty rough so i i am by no means an expert on like the japanese cultural experience i only lived there for like four months but like we had uh uh you know like cultural assimilation courses on like what to expect and like how to behave and things like that and um while it's true that certainly like being gay is difficult in Japan, uh, being any kind of anything that defies the status quo is difficult in Japan. Uh, they're a very like familial culture and they really struggle with like nonconformity with like people doing anything that sort of disrupts the status quo. So, uh, while, yes, it's certainly difficult in a lot of cases to be gay in Japan, it's, um, it's not difficult in a way that sort of other minorities in Japan don't also deal with. And it's also not as, like, literally physically dangerous. Yeah to be gay in Japan as it is 
since we're talking about these two episodes to compare it to Brazil. Yeah. Um, Which I think in large part has to do with exactly what they pointed out in the show, the lack of like an evangelical Christian influence there or a strong yeah. one. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting that Japan doesn't have the like religious objection to homosexuality that a lot of uh like western nations do like western air quotes but uh yeah they they as i mentioned in the the summary uh ellen and ian go to a zen buddhist temple and they do like a mock wedding uh with the the he was a monk, right? Was he a monk or did they use the term I think priest? They said, I don't recall. I think they said monk, yeah. Um, but he uh, conducted the, according to him, the first uh, same-sex Zen Buddhist wedding at that temple. Uh, and it was a lesbian couple. And he explained that, like, yeah, Buddhism, like Zen Buddhism, and of course there's, like, different... Um, sort of categories of Buddhism around the world and in different countries, so I don't want to speak for all of them, but Japanese Zen Buddhism, like, really has no, like, philosophical objection to homosexuality. So the cultural opposition to being queer is really just to do with, like, maintaining the status quo and, like, maintaining... Uh, the family unit and maintaining a kind of like unobtrusive normalcy throughout your life, which is very different from like culture in the U S especially. Yeah. I, 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 you know, things that make me say, huh. Um, and you know, things that, that really stuck out to me and interested me is just that, you know, I, I, I also like Evan, not certainly not four months. I, I definitely had a, a tourist experience in Japan. Um, but I spent some time in Japan and it's, you know, you, you hear about the, the red light districts there and the, um, you know, the, the CD underbelly kind of thing. And I'll, I'll I'll tell you, I saw it all and it's way more like out in the open, way more in your face than any like bar that they stepped into in Shibuya. Uh, like everything was so much more guarded off, shielded off, like like the, the, the literal crimes were like, hey, we're out here. Let's, you know, come on in. But like the the gay bars and the lesbian bars and and. And cross-dressing bars, they were, they were, you know, had this need to be very, you know, set apart. Um, and, 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 and it was a beautiful experience in all of those and like all places that I would, I would love to visit and spend time. But like it, you know, when you juxtapose that with, you know, the, the, they had an interview with an anonymous man who was in a, basically a marriage of convenience that. He said even if he had the opportunity to leave, he probably would never leave that marriage of convenience in preference of, of marrying a man which he would prefer. Um, 
it's just like I don't I don't know it I I, I hearing hearing Ellen talk about like being fully honest with herself and fully honest with people and not wanting have to hold back any of herself and not and you know that being more important than being in movies or getting jobs or or people not being mad at you like that that strikes a chord pretty hard like currently um and you know trying trying to like i don't know it's 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 just such a different culture in a lot of ways but especially like in one that i had not considered Something that really hit me was um, the bars that they went to when they went on this like gay bar crawl in Japan was that they're all generational spaces mm-hmm. and we were completely robbed of that in the U.S. Sure. Um, like we just don't have that here at all that I'm aware of. And that's because we were robbed of a generation of gay role models. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity to be able to be in a queer space where it is, you know, young and then middle-aged and then older queer people sounds rad. And that just isn't really possible here. Not in any meaningful cultural way. There's there's a scene where an older gentleman who runs a, a bar um, talks about how it was much better back in the day when, like, people were, like, quieter about being gay and not so, you know, out about it, not so extravagant. And it's like, at f- the first glance, it's like, oh, that's that's not a great take. And then it's like, well, that's just like a very old queer perspective like that is that is like an that's old also a man. very that's an old that's man a, perspective on anything that's sure, a very absolutely. like japanese perspective yes yes too like oh it was just better when we didn't make waves that's yeah. every like the the japanese people's cultural motto is like sorry for existing right like yeah. <laughs> so for sure, for sure. It, it just struck me in that way and then it you know i softened to it because of course like that's just that that is this person's perspective and 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 it is super valid but then to your that that kind of sums it up perfectly andy of just like we just don't get that here because those people aren't around to have even if they even if they feel that way like there's you know those people are not around to share those experiences of like yeah i kind of preferred it back in the day like there is no back in the day no they were all murdered by ronald reagan yeah yeah Fuck Ronald Reagan. Um, I want the job of being a Japanese friend for hire. I would be so fucking good good at that. At that job. I would I would rock that job. You're you're too you're too loud is the problem. (laughs) No, but parents love me. I am (laughs) so good with other people's parents. You would be good at that job. If we had that job in America, if we if you went to Japan, you would not you would not be 
accompanying anyone well, to no. any weddings or funerals or or any. So I, we should like explain this. Um, there are agencies in Japan where you can rent family members, essentially, and this uh has to do again with this kind of maintaining the status quo and like fitting in socially. Uh, if you're concerned that, uh, like you won't have, you won't look like you fit in because there aren't enough family members at your cousin's funeral, you can just hire a few people by the hour to go to your cousin's funeral. Or if you're, uh, if your son is getting married and you're concerned that he doesn't have enough friends you can hire people to go to his wedding to make it look like he's more socially connected and fits in more. Or if you need like a date for a holiday, like you're going to a family holiday and you don't have a significant other, mm-hmm. you can rent someone to kind of platonically be your romantic date yeah. for that event. Which again, I would be so fucking good at, but... <laughs> So, uh, the, the young man who they accompanied when he came out to his mother, he went to one of these agencies and essentially like rented an emotional support friend to bring with him when he came out to his mother. And in a way, this is like kind of sad in a way it's like, just a weirdly, uniquely Japanese thing. Um, Something that I think Ian or Ellen brought up was, like, we have the same stigma here, where if you show up, you know, to a family gathering without a date, like, you might be judged for it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if so-and-so's getting married and, like, the they don't have enough you know people there you know people are going to talk about how it's a shitty wedding and stuff like you will be judged for that sort of stuff but we don't care enough about our parents opinions to bother hiring someone to make us look good for them mm-hmm. was like the the final takeaway was like we have the same sort of social stigmas we just don't care enough about the repercussions and the japanese care very much about these repercussions mm-hmm. for not I, fitting in. This is conjecture on my part, but I uh, believe that that guy has real friends who would have accompanied him to this. He has a boyfriend. He he said to his mother that he was in a relationship. Um, but the like the Japanese ethos would make him too embarrassed to inconvenience his friends by asking them to come to this deeply emotional and personal thing. So, again, this is conjecture on my part, but I well, would he be- was, like, a charming and, like, attractive young man, and, like, he had a boyfriend, so, like, I agree. I'm sure yeah. he has friends, but he just can't stand to be, I would suspect, like, that emotionally vulnerable with them in, like, such a personal family matter. Yeah, and I, I imagine that he would, uh, like, see this as a burden on his friends, even if he's close with them, because it's, yeah, it's personal and it's difficult. So that's, again, that that's assumption on my part, but, uh, yeah, that was a, a very interesting, like, kind of look into 
how Japanese people, Japanese queer people specifically, kind of like try to navigate that social dynamic. Um, they also, I thought the the part where they discovered yaoi manga was very was very entertaining, <gasps> partly because uh, I have consumed quite a bit of yaoi manga way back in the day when I was still trying to like figure my shit out. Uh, the interesting thing about yaoi is that yaoi is like gay erotic manga, like comic books. And it's written almost exclusively by and for cishet women. And there's a lot, there's a lot to like unpack about the sort of, uh, like psyche of that. There's definitely some kind of like, like eroticism by proxy thing that I think these women are doing because they're too embarrassed to like engage directly with their sexuality uh, because Japanese people are very repressed. So there's this whole market of like women reading like gay stories so that they can like sort of at a distance consume pornography, but in a way that's like, not reflective on them because there's no women in it. I'm 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 projecting like well, we, a little bit. We but. also have the fetishization of gay men by and for cis straight women. To here. some extent, yeah, it's not exactly. It, it maybe it's isn't not exactly like, the same. I don't think it's necessarily as big a market, but like Ao3, like. Sure. And and there's for sure like queer fanfiction writers and stuff, but yeah, I do think that we have the same sort of issues and like RuPaul's Drag Race is definitely the fetishization of to some degree you know, gay cross-dressers, but also trans women for, I would assume, mostly a cis-het female audience. Uh, I really just like RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race, but that is another show for another time. <laughs> yeah, the, the you know, they kind of confront that topic head-on where Ellen, in, in a karaoke, in a soundproof karaoke booth where they're <laughs> listening to uh, book a porn on tape porn book on tape <laughs> yeah. um she like is like do do y'all have any gay friends and the one girl's kind of like goes quiet and the other girl's like i have some and like ellen questions like how do they feel about this and you can see her like dance around this subject but it eventually is like they're not cool with it. Like they're not cool with yeah. like the, the fetishization of this kind of thing that is not fully accepted in society, but for this thing that is just a titillating thing for straight people. Well, this kind of gets to a point I have about Brazil, which is heterosexual culture 
is completely fine with taking and using queer culture for its own agenda, but they are not cool with queer people. And like, that's, that's Carnival, like Carnival, uh, they talked to a bunch of gay or, or queer Carnival participants and, uh, organizers and I guess stars. I don't, I don't quite know the yeah, word the, performers. The, yeah. Dancers and, and performers and, uh, yeah. And, you know, as they were filming, one of the, like, most talented and most beloved Carnival performers was a trans woman, and she was murdered, like, that that week or something. And... I think it had been, like, the previous year okay. relative to when the show was filmed. I'm not sure, but, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was, like, quite that recent. The, 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 the point is, though, that, like, they're cool with taking our art and loving our performances and using our culture. But when it comes to actual queer people, they're not okay. And like these Yowie women, uh, are fine with reading these queer porn stories written by women for women. But when it comes to like advocating for queer rights or any, anything of substance, it's, it's crickets. And I think that, I, that you, I, I don't know if, if it was the same in Brazil, but they spoke directly to it in in the Japanese episode um, where they talk a lot about there not being enough education for the public, for society about LGD, LGBTQ people. Um, well, it's still illegal, right? It's still, they're still not able to get married. They're they're, still, they yeah. have no legal protections. In, yes. In you can be fired. Yeah. In Japan. Yeah. Uh, there are several provinces where it's, uh, where same-sex marriage is legal now. And they, they said at the end of the episode that, uh, sure. like two of the, two of the largest provinces in Japan had like, since legalized, legalized it. Okay. Marriage. Th- yeah. Yeah. They definitely I, I don't show- think that, yeah, I don't think that, uh, diminishes your point that there's not enough education right. about, about queer people. Right. But- uh, like, um, there's a, a scene with. Um, a couple, uh, two men who are uh, attorneys who are are seeking to create these anti discrimination policies in Japan, and and they talk about like if they see something in the newspaper about us about two gay men being in a relationship, like most people would be like, oh okay, that's 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 fine, but to see it in their lives to see it in their families to see it on their street that is where it is too much for them which is it it, it kind of ties i feel like a little bit into your point andy of just like using the fact that there are queer people as a as a mark of look how progressive we are like look look how far we've come look what we've done um but then when it comes to really you know i want to say celebrating i want to say honoring when it comes to just offering up a basic human rice it's like uh eh, eh, we don't i mean uh they were in the newspaper what do you you know it's 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 it is it is you know again using gay culture to make your own culture seem better or to to just make culture and society in general seem better without actually reckoning with what gay people need to survive in a society 
Well, to that point, uh, same-sex marriage is legal in Brazil. Uh, it's the only, at least when the show was filmed, it was the only country in South America where uh, same-sex marriage was legal. And yet, Brazil also has the highest rate of yeah. like murder right. of queer people. So, very uh, complicated uh, social dichotomy there. And I would, uh, like we said, Jair Bolsonaro, who is uh, a self-declared proud homophobe and uh, has said on more than one occasion that um, children should be beaten until they're not gay anymore. I don't know if y'all know about Jair Bolsonaro, he's a terrible dude. So he's bad. A, he's um, Brazil's Trump, except I would actually argue, and like, God forbid I should say this, he's more insidious than Trump is. Because he's more he's more competent than Trump right. is, and he's executing his agenda more efficiently. He's also the guy who's burning down the Amazon BT yeah, dubs. Yeah. But far, uh, far, be it, far be it for me to try and understand what is going on in Trump's head. But Trump wants power, and so he's using people like Bolsonaro to do it. Bolsonaro is, like, the person who's pulling those strings, and, and he also has the power. So it's, like, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. Something that... There, there are two scenes in Brazil that I think are really chilling. Um, one is the Bolsonaro interview, and then one is the interview at the end of the episode with... Um, they speak to a man who was a police officer, and then while he was a cop, he was simultaneously a contract killer. And then also, he was just a serial killer who would hunt gay people for his own pleasure and just murder gay people. And, and like, the words he says to describe it are so chilling. But during both of these interviews... Uh, Ellen and then Ellen and Ian reveal that they're gay to the person they're talking to. And Bolsonaro's immediate reaction is, well, I'm not a homophobe. You might call me homophobic, but I'm not a homophobe. But Gaycation's editing is brilliant. And right before that, they had seen, they had shown clips of him saying, uh, I'm homophobic. I'm a proud homophobe. I want it on a t-shirt. That's how homophobic I am. Label me a homophobe. But as soon as he's confronted by a gay person, he says, oh, well, I'm not homophobic. It's just it's just my opinion, and I just disagree with you, and we can agree to disagree. Yeah, it's wild how these people, and even the 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 murderer, like, the guy who admit, I mean, of course, his, like, he had a, a like, a scarf and a hat and uh, sunglasses. sunglasses on, and they blurred his face. I'm sure he agreed to do this interview under very specific circumstances. But even the guy who proudly declared that he had murdered a bunch of gay people when uh, confronted by the fact that the two people interviewing him were gay, he suddenly was like, well, look, you have you your way and I have my way. And, you know, he, yeah, he, just don't just don't cross my path. You know, just don't just. And it's it's wild how these people will literally like murder gay people, but they can't look them in the face. Well, he immediately echoed Bolsonaro, which was we can agree to disagree. And this is something that I hear pretty consistently from people in my life of, oh, well, it's just my opinion and it's just what I believe. Mm -hmm. And we can agree to disagree or, uh, 
you know, why, why is this such a big deal to you? It's just my opinion. It's just what I believe. And it's, it's not just your opinion because when you believe that gay people are sinners, when you believe that gay people are less than straight people, when you believe that gay people shouldn't be able to get married or they can be gay, but just be gay over there. Or I just don't want to see it. Why do you have to flaunt it? When you believe that shit, you empower people like Bolsonaro politicians who are going to use those opinions to gain power and put into law these toxic, hurtful opinions. And then that also emboldens people like this fucking monster serial killer who thinks what he's doing is right. And he uses the same defense. I'm not saying anyone in my life would kill me, but it's literally the same argument. And hearing it coming out of the mouth of a serial killer who hunts gay people is fucking chilling. Yeah, the the interview with Bolsonaro was enough for me. Um, oh, so gross too. I, I yeah. He, he immediately I, starts hitting on Ellen. It's fucking mm-hmm, nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, it, it is just very clearly a like. I can say what I want. I can do what I want. Why should I not want to be that? Like it. It's. It is a a, a gross visage of toxic masculinity when they are not even trying to not do that um it 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 strikes me because when i it, it almost turned me off a little bit because when um you know ellen revealed that she was going to be sitting down with bolson like they mentioned bolsonaro earlier in the thing and i was like oh that guy's the president now boy that 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 sucks that that's the case um, and then they say, oh, and we're going to sit down with them. And it's like, I, you know, this is a show that is going to be consumed primarily by queer folks. Um, but still, it is that issue, that line of platforming somebody with these views. Um, you know, I, I was reading a book about the cross section of, of Christianity and, and queer life. Um, and I s- had to stop listening because there's a whole chapter where the author, uh, speaks to, um, the leader of the Westboro Baptist church. And is like, you just, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing of value there that you are going to learn. It's a, I mean, that's a very Christian thing of like, well, we're going to, you know, hear each other out and 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 you know we're gonna not not that christians are ever interested in hearing people out truly um but you know what i mean like that like we'll we'll soften the heart kind of thing i i thought the interview was well done and i thought the interview was was powerful and it almost like was essential to get me geared up for when ellen says now we've got this other interview and I don't really think I would want to I even want to do it. And it's like, who could you possibly be talking to when you just talked to the most bigoted, homophobic person in the country? Turns out that's not that's that's not true. Turns out there's worse people than than Bolsonaro. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just it, it it really rocked me in a way that just seeing the fear in Ellen and Ian's faces like I. I have extreme empathy and I I was I was shaking while watching it. 
Uh, I was watching with Kim and uh, we said that I think perhaps the only ethical thing to do like in that case would be to murder that guy. <laughs> I mean, like, I know that you can't just do that, but it's um, it's more than I could do to hear that man say those things and not like shove him off the balcony. Yeah. I, was, like, I mean, I, I, I did not think that Ellen or Ian would, but like that was my, my first, maybe, maybe it's, that's a, a certain sense of like, you know, violent masculinity in me. It was just like, as soon as he started to kind of like talk about how, you know, be very descriptive of, of, what he would do to gay people and why he would do it and what he thinks of gay people. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to punch you. Like I'm going to like, I, I, this is not going to go anywhere, but like, I need to sh express myself. And right now it feels like violence seems to be the, the, the topic of conversation and his, his full intention to continue doing it. Yeah. Like he, he gave no indication that he had ever stopped or ever felt any remorse. And, uh, it very much seems like this is his kind of status quo is when he sees people that he suspects are gay, mm -hmm. he, he finds them and murders them. Or and he runs them over with his car. car yeah. yeah. And that his privilege of having been a police officer and, you know, those connections that afforded him, he has no fear of ever being prosecuted. Yeah. I, uh, in general am not, in favor of vigilante justice. Like I, I generally think that's a terrible idea and a slippery slope, but um, it was unbearable to watch this man admit to having done these things on camera and then face no consequences for it. And to be clear, I, I do not want or expect either of these people or anyone from this documentary crew to try to like, vigilante justice this guy but man i don't know i don't know how they held it together i don't know yeah. how they went through with that interview and then just like went on with their lives like it was a lot it there's was a lot. brazil has a lot of ups and downs um i don't feel like there were a ton of ups in japan's there weren't as many downs either but, like, there's a scene in Brazil where they're at a lesbian bar and the entire crew of the documentary just gets fucking wrecked. Uh, just, like, so drunk. And, like, the director is, like, dancing and, like, drinking and, like, the camera guys are, like, tripping. And, like, it, it just seems like so much fun. And, like... Ian and Ellen go to this uh, trans madame's brothel and like Ian walks the street with one of the uh, one of the women and um, like it just seems like they really hit it off and are having a good time and like Ian is enjoying himself and she's teaching him how to walk and like they talk to one of the queer organizers of a pride parade before Carnival who and, had been shot incidentally yeah who had been shot and like he he was fine like he was but it, it was like uh it, before the previous year's pride parade he'd been shot in like a hate crime but he 
recovered and was fine. Um, but like this guy is like, is Ian making fun of me? And then Ian has to like prove his gay cred to him. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like joyous moments Mm -hmm. in Brazil, but like the towns are so fucking down. Um, Brazil is rough. They, they, before they go to the lesbian bar that is prefaced by like, Hey, it's way more likely for lesbians to be attacked in uh in brazil as a form of like corrective rape they called it and and then then the smash cut to like an absolutely joyous celebratory experience like it's it's it is so jarring and so like gives you such whiplash which like to an extent like has to be how these people and a lot of a lot of us queer people in America have to feel on a daily basis of like constantly being in, in between that space of absolutely loving everything that you stand for and, and, and and celebrating with people who can understand you and being absolutely fucking terrified out of our mind. I truly feel like most of my life was this contradiction of happiness and sadness at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like every happy memory I have with my family is twinged by the sadness of being in the closet at the time. And that like all encompassing fear of being found out. And you know, I have plenty of great, happy memories, but even when I was experiencing them, that was kind of always present. And there is, I, I, I don't think that's, you know, unique to me. I think a lot of people, a lot of queer people experience that where you kind of live your life with those two contradictions of happiness and sadness kind of walking together. And, uh... I think it gives queer people the power to find happiness in sadness when you are just feeling sadness or despair or fear. You can also find the moment to party and celebrate with, you know, other queer people. I think that's like a superpower we have. Mm -hmm. Um, It can also be kind of used to ignore problems, which isn't great, but... Uh, that ability to celebrate and find joy in while at the same time facing obstacles that seem so huge and so massive, uh, I think is, you know, part of the queer experience. And uh, I do think as you kind of find your joy and live your truth, that, you know, sadness you walk with can get smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, therapy helps. Therapy's good, but mm-hmm. but yeah, Jamaica is next week, and uh, I don't remember what's after Jamaica. But we're gonna be taking these, I think, two at a time. Yeah, I mean, we had talked about trying to to compress this into a couple of episodes, and you know, you didn't really show your hand, Andy, at at what. At least I was in for Evan. You've seen some of these. Um, I thought you knew. I'm very sorry, Ronnie. No, I mean, I definitely, We, you know, it. 
when you first brought it up, I did think, oh, fun romp around the beach. Um, in our conversation since then, I've definitely caught wind of like, ooh, this might not be fun romp around the beach. Um, but, you know, in my, uh, my uh, foolhardiness of thinking we could watch three or even maybe four of these episodes at one time. Uh, no, we're definitely going to take this two at a time. Um, yeah, and we're, we're having an off week next week. We don't want to yeah. record with the election. And shit. I'm, I'm not scheduling. I have, I have two yeah. things in my calendar. One of them is therapy. And one of them is uh, my psychiatrist so I can re-up my medication. Uh, so that's all I'm doing at all. Um, but yeah, we, we will not be, we will not be around next week. Um, I, I will say listeners, uh, watch Gaycation. Yeah. Also, if you have not voted yet, don't put it in the mail at this point, find a drop box. Uh, you don't want to risk it arriving late because there is contention as to whether ballots postmarked by election day, but arriving afterwards will be counted in many states, it's which is real, show, guys. really it's, it's fucked just, up. It's a fucking but mess. At this point, if you have not yet voted, either put your mail ballot in a Dropbox physically. An official make, one. Make sure it's an official Dropbox. Go to your local election website, and it will give you the addresses of the official Dropboxes. Go to those. Um, and... If you do not have a mail ballot, uh, go in person to vote. Be safe, obviously, but just what you got to do. It's a rough one, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough out there. It's rough out there, and I'm sorry that we will not be with you to help you out in this time, but we just can't uh, unless we did like a live stream after all the results were counted. There's no way that I would be comfortable putting out a podcast we record. Twenty, the 2016 election, I was like, oh, I'm going to play Star Wars Battlefront mm-hmm. while it, the votes are coming in because, like, Hillary is about to defeat Trump and I want to I wanna fight some stormtroopers and be, like, a rebel hero and fight for freedom. And then, like, gradually shit was coming in and, like, All I could do is just like drink. Uh, so that's that's what I'm going to do for 2020. Is I'm just going to drink. I'm not going to plan to play any video yeah. games. Oh, gosh. Yeah, conveniently, uh, our work gave us the day off so that we can just have an all day existential dread. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At and home, it, and almost certainly the uh, the votes will not be totaled until probably several days after November second. So. Uh, it's going to be a multi-day compounding mental yep. breakdown. I'm so going to drink that's gonna every be... single day. Um, <laughs> I'll probably parent at some point during that time and not, not yeah, be all day drunk. Uh, don't allow your child to roll around on the floor and just lick crumbs, you know. I mean, <laughs> that's a that's that's a that's a not drunk day for me. <laughs> Roll around the floor, lick crumbs. That's lunchtime. What are you What are you talking about? Um, <sighs> but hey, I do think this show is also a good reminder that queer people all over the world have faced mm-hmm. really difficult times, and that is not to diminish our pain but to just find strength and resilience that uh, 
you know, no matter how next week goes and I'm not confident that it's going to work out the way I want. Um, we've always been here and we've always faced obstacles and we're going to figure this shit out and get through it. And, uh, it's scary and I wish it wasn't this way, but, um, we'll, we'll still find our joy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, goodness, good, just hoping against hope that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we get those results, it does go the way that we prefer. Um, that just means that the real work starts, um, of pushing and pushing and. Yeah. That just means it's not as terrible as it could have been. Right, so we need right. to keep, we need to keep at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is. I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, Pete Buttigieg types of just like, Oh, can you imagine waking up and not having to think about what the president does? And it's like, I'm, I'm going to be pretty actively thinking about what the president does, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much for the rest of my life. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and working to make that a little more inclusive. Um, so not to you know there's there's a lot there's a lot ahead of us but we are we are in this together um from you know queer folks all around the world i I wish there was some way we could pull together physically emotionally mentally but um yeah there's there's there is hope and we we will find it and work at it one way or the other Um, we love you. We love you. You you know where we are. I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not gonna deal with the shit today. Uh, we're on Twitter. Search it. We're on Facebook. Search it. We're uh, you know, th- uh, pendingpod at gmail dot com. If you wanna uh send us an email to you know, we'll still talk to you even if we're not recording. If you need someone to chat with, we're here still. So. Be brave, be bold. We're here. And vote Democrat down the ballot. Yeah. For sure. Research uh research those those options way, way down the ballot also. Don't just fill in random boxes. Don't just don't just leave them blank. There's there's ballot measures on the back. Check them. You can you can look them up online. It's pretty usually pretty accessible information on what measures are being put on the ballot in your state. So please do please do your research. All right, sorry, I'm done. I'm done giving voting advice now. <laughs> we love you, everyone. We're gonna we're gonna go to bed. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.